Hi, this is Greg Warren, and you are listening to P.S. Tape Recorder. Hello there, I'm P.F., this is my tape recorder. Coming up, it's our old friend Jackie Cation. Saturday, there was a couple, like literally, making out so hard, she was crawling in his lap. And it was so well lit, I could totally see it. And I'm like, you guys, you could either leave, or we could just stop the show and just watch you guys make out. And that, maybe that's worth $17 to people. We caught up with Jackie uh, on the phone. She was in New York City doing some East Coast dates, and good for her, more exposure for her. She's very, very hilarious, and she's one of those people that's just gotten hysterically funnier and funnier and funnier as her career has gone on, where some people, uh, sometimes they taper off. But Jackie's still super funny, had some great stories from the road, uh, some really good insight about what it's like to be a stand-up comedian, and we heard that a lot on the show, but uh, Jackie was did not pull any punches uh, this time around. That's some good stuff. I think you're really going to enjoy that. Uh, we have a song of the week from a band called Swimming Girls. I think you're really going to dig that. Came out in 2017, but just getting some exposure now over in Britain. People rediscovering it, so stay tuned for that. But of course, as always, we first have a dumb bit. I'm surprised this wasn't a bigger story, probably because it was wrapped in a bigger story. But of course, the Philadelphia Eagles captured their first Super Bowl title, and I believe their first NFL championship since 1963 or so. Although uh, they have had some pro football championships since then, uh, the Philadelphia Soul uh, won the indoor, the Arena Football League Arena Bowl, uh, the last two Arena Bowls, and uh, they won one in like 2008 or something. And the Philadelphia Stars of the United States Football League won the 1984 USFL championship, considered to be probably the best team in that league. Uh, many people thought they could have gone toe-to-toe toe with just about any team in the NFL at the time. How about that? So anyway, of course, the uh, the Eagles won. Uh, fans in Philadelphia were excited. Uh, this, of course, is uh, fans celebrating. Uh, this is video of an overturned car. And uh, odd thing about this is that a lot of folks made the point, let's fade this down, and some folks made this point but didn't get a lot of traction, is that uh, when black folks ride for social injustice, the reaction is this. Personal story segment tonight, who is the big loser in the Baltimore riots? The answer is the African-American community. And when white folks riot when their team wins, you get this reaction. Their celebration went haywire. Steve Ducey on Fox and Friends. Their celebration went haywire, that's all. Those crazy kids. Now, to be fair, uh, his co-host Brian Kilmeade did say this. Yeah, this is nice celebration. Oh it should be gosh. a time for, for the law enforcement to relax. Instead, they're having the busiest night of the year. So Kilmeade not having it, and he's kind of a dick. But anyway, he does. he's just right on this one. So he's upset, uh, you know, no matter who's doing it. But the thing is, is on social media, very few people posted about it. I saw very few progressives uh, or black folks say, hey, wait a minute, how come when black folks riot to protest social injustice, uh, they're destroying their community and they're terrible and they're doing the wrong thing? And when white folks do it, oh, crazy kids, look at them. They got a lot of hand. And, uh, well, Tabari McCoy, who's a comedian you're going to hear on the show in a couple of weeks, he's recording an album, by the way, February 15th in Cincinnati, uh, his second album. Do go check that out. He posted this. Uh, he likes to do a post called This Week in, or Today in Racism. And um, he posted about this, and some people came back with this jibe like, oh, well, uh, there were African Americans and white folks. I figured, well, I looked it up. Philadelphia is 40% white, 40% black, 20% everybody else. 
But you look at all this footage, there are very few black folks in that crowd. It's crazy. And when they, uh, they flip over the car, here, listen to this. So I don't know if you can hear their, uh, the they're cheering, and what they're cheering is they flipped over Nine a car, a bunch of guys, members. about eight dudes flipped black. over a car. Only six are white. All white so dudes, Americans not a single brother the in Police sight. There may black. be one way in the background of the scene, there's probably about 50 people in this video. There may be uh, a black dude in, in the background on the other side because it's hard to see because of the lighting. I'll, I'll give you the benefit out. There's one black, and he's just watching, and these dumb white dudes, college kids it looks like mostly, in 20-somethings. And here's the other problem is I think when you have people misbehaving like this and destroying property and things like that, it commonly is not older folks, it is commonly younger folks. And I'm going to be ageist instead of racist. Uh, when I used to work at the Cincinnati airport years ago, uh, we had a terrible time getting people to show up for work because it's you know, very difficult to get to the airport and we have the commute after the commute. You have to park your car and then go into the airport and then ride transportation. to the And you have to be there very early too. And sometimes you have to stay very late. And one of the other vendors told me one time, we should not be hiring kids from the inner city, wink, wink. Uh, and I'm like, I don't think the problem is kids from the inner city. I think the problem is we're hiring young people that don't care. All the older folks, no matter where they came from, showed up on time generally. And I would think they would have a harder time getting around because of health issues and you got doctor's appointments and things like that. But anyway, I digress. Uh, it's, I just think it weird that nobody made a big deal out of this. And if you watch the footage from Philadelphia, you know, yeah, it's not as bad as the Baltimore riots, but they took down some light poles. They flipped over a car. And I would also add, by the way, when the Cavaliers won the NBA championship a couple years ago, 450,000 people crammed into downtown Cleveland. Nay, a light pole came down. Nay, a car got flipped over. Everybody was very well behaved. And I think everybody in Cleveland was very like, we cannot screw this up. We cannot look like a bunch of idiots. But again, people in Philadelphia, I guess they don't care, man. Uh, no offense if you live in Philadelphia, but, you know, it just, you know, it, 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 look, people were mostly just cheering and yelling and screaming, but there was some destruction. And it just, it just seems really weird to me that if you're a black person in this country and you, uh, you know, react strongly to social injustice, and, and you shouldn't be destroying property no matter no matter who you are. It, you know, it, there's other ways to protest social injustice. Uh, destroying property and the property of your neighbors and friends isn't the answer. But that 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 fact aside, when that does happen and it's people of color, you get this. And blacks control the city. Black mayor. Nine out of the city council members are black. Only six are white. So African-Americans calling most of the shot. Police chief's black. You get finger wagging from the likes of Bill O'Reilly. And when it's white folks because their football team won, well... Well, they're all missing happened. work today. They all have hangovers today. Yeah. But they're all excited. And they they all won't get a very good right. out there. Jackie Cation is a stand-up comedian originally from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, who got her stand-up start actually heckling Sam Kinison, if you can believe that. And then she started doing stand-up herself in Minneapolis, now lives in Los Angeles. Here now is our interview with Jackie Cation. So is it, you're doing like multiple dates in a city as usual, or is it like one-offs, or how, what's it? Both, a mix. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, 
So um, I'm a little behind on my dork forests. I rotate between your show, uh, Pardo, Pat Francis's, and I do like a big run of them, and then I jump on the other one to catch up, and then I fall behind. And So um, <laughs> I'm not sure what's going on in the world of dorkdom uh, lately, although you come up on this show a lot and talking to other comedians when we talk about, you know, hobbies and things like that, so. Oh, okay. Yeah. Are we recording right now? Yeah. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm like, what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> so, thank you. And, uh, um, yeah, so, uh, Dork Force is doing good. It's, um, it's, it's, uh, been doing it forever, of course. Yeah. And we're at 12th year, and oh, wow. it's been, yeah, yeah, this is the beginning of the 12th year. And it's, um, yeah, I don't know, <laughs> I, don't know what, uh, I don't know where the time went. We, we mention this all the time. You were actually one of the very first comedians to be doing a podcast. People don't ever realize that. You were before Pardo, I think, even, and, and certainly before Oh, no, Mary. oh, no. If you ask Pardo, uh, he will also tell you. Uh, <laughs> he was three months before me. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. <laughs> Because it seemed to me you were doing the, that blog radio thing. A, a buddy of mine from high school used to do that, too. He lives in Columbus. And that's how yeah. I heard about it. And then and you had described me with the first time I interviewed you. You said it was great, but it sounded like you were listening, that you were holding up a phone to an AM radio. <laughs> the quality level. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> well, still, you're that one of the... the re- that yeah. was the review. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that was, I think Max, um, Max Funcon, uh, Jesse Thorne. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, sound, sound of Young America was sound, what it was called. The Sound, sound of Young America. They, yeah. re, they, they reviewed it, and that was their uh, review of it. Okay, yeah. Because that it was interesting, but <laughs> it was, sounded like AM radio. Yeah, well, How it's... Uh, for the un- uninformed or the unknowing, it's, uh, Dork Force is a great show. Well, I think one of the best things about it is you have some of the very most recognizable people on, Mr. Pardo, Brian Regan, who I spoke to last week, and a lovely thing to say about you, down to, like, just regular oh. folks, those guys in, I guess it's Michigan, that had the train set that modeled after uh, an Indiana railroad. Oh. So it's, like, people yeah, from yeah. all walks. Yeah, and, and even me, yeah. I was on. You were on. You talked about that, uh, I think it was the history of uh, football. professional football. Yes, yeah. and the de- defunct and, leaks, um, I just did a, uh, yeah, I had a woman talk about quilting, Oh yeah. And, yeah, yeah. And then I had Sarah Schaefer, uh, relatively well-known uh, comic. Uh, when you say, I, I would say famous comic, but nobody knows who any comics are. So, uh, <laughs> if you're a comedy nerd, you <laughs> do. Sarah Schaefer, yeah, if you're a comedy nerd, you do. And yeah. then, uh, so she uh, she talked about cross stitch, and it was back to back. It was kind of funny because she's, you know, a, a very successful author and stand-up comic. And then uh, the following week was a great episode with just a woman who was a fan of the Dork Forest talking about quilting. And then, you know, I think the week after that, it was uh, another comic talking about Magic the Gathering. And uh, so it could be anything, right? Yes. I mean, you yeah. whatever people are totally into. I think this week I had um, an old comic friend of mine named Dariana Beta, and she is a projectionist. She's in the Projectionist oh, wow. Union. and Yeah, and she was talking about just movies, and she was like, no, I don't like movies, and then she named every genre, and huh. only talked about, like, I said, like, I like some bad movies, like Overboard, and she's like, there's nothing wrong with Overboard. So what I love about the Dark Forest is that people are, it's, it's positive, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's mostly uh, a nice respite from the news or the 
chit show that is going oh, on yeah. outside. Absolutely. And so, yeah, and and it's and it's what people genuinely like um, in their lives. It's, it's funny. Whether it's books or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, books or games or hobbies or yeah, it, it can be all kinds of different things. Um. Uh, I usually skip around, and I'm, I gravitate. If I know the comedian, I'll listen. Yeah. Or if I don't know the comedian, well, it's not always comedians, of course, but a guest. But if it's an interesting topic, like I, you know, if it's something I want to know more about, or something that oh, why have I never talked about that before? Even if I've never heard of the guest, I'll I'll zero in on that as well because you can learn a lot. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, that's a really good way to listen is to sort of cherry pick the either the the comic or the guest. Or the dorkdom, and they're usually yeah. both listed right away in the notes, and um, and it's easy. Like if you were to even just like let's say your dorkdom is whatever uh, professional wrestling. Yeah. So if you Google the words dork forest and professional wrestling, the three episodes about <laughs> professional wrestling will come up in your Google search, and then you're like, well, maybe I'll start with those. Or, there you have it. Uh, yeah. The dork forest, John Kennedy. Uh, I had uh, a couple of people talking about the Kennedys. Oh yeah, that made me laugh. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, with Laurie Kilmartin and uh, and and Kathleen Madigan. Oh, there you go. Yeah, uh, friends friend of friends of the show. Um, I think I think Laurie's been on because Laurie doesn't Laurie doesn't make it to Cincinnati very often. But Kathleen was, is going to be here uh, next week, actually. Oh wow! Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, oh, speaking of which, I was thinking about this before you called. Is uh, we've got to get you back to Cincinnati, and we've got to get you back to the proper club. We got to get you into Bananas. Um, oh, is bananas the right club? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I remember we saw you at the Funny Bone, and uh, oh, the, the feature oh, act debacle. was feature <laughs> act great. Uh, he's from Columbus. We've seen him before, but a, an utter mismatch with you know. And plus, again, it, we've said this before, and I don't mean to knock the chain, but the chain's a chain. I mean, it's you know. And I work with a bunch of comics now at this T-shirt company. And uh, we were all kind of saying the same thing. Uh, they have another location up north of town, and they're really loosey goosey with the um, with the crowd rules. It's people just yeah. being it's people, this loudmouth hillbillies and and things like that. And I said, and they won't shut anybody up. And Greg Warren had to yell at people. I think I told you the story. With, with a couple yeah. of weeks of seeing you, Greg Warren had to yell at the crowd to shut up. <laughs> so, <laughs> wow, that, I'll, uh, that sounds like a that sounds like old school. Yeah, I mean yeah. it's funny because people don't know. What they're supposed to, you know, like, it's so weird. Like, I just did Long Island. I did Governors uh, last weekend in Long Island. And um, it was, you know, it it was a bit of a, it's, it's a very much a regular road room. And it's a little too well lit. I mean, I don't know that Todd Glass has ever done that room, but I wish he would. Huh. Uh, because he would fix the lighting. <laughs> huh. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot that's his. And and uh, and then um, and there was like the second show Saturday. There was a couple like literally making out so hard. She was crawling in his lap. Oh my god! This guy and, and it was so well lit. I could totally see in it. And I'm like, you guys, <laughs> you have to <laughs> genuinely leave. Because <laughs> I'm trying to think, and well, you could either leave or we could just stop the show and just watch you guys make out, and that maybe that's worth seventeen dollars to people. <laughs> and because uh, <laughs> you know, it's just it's a it's a it's almost like people in, in some clubs if if the club doesn't make them know they're seeing sort of a 
like a, it's a theater experience, right? You don't right. go to a movie, you don't go to a play, and disrupt what's happening around you. So it's it's what it is, right? So yeah, and I think there's of course there's certain clubs like Acme and Go Bananas where people are know how to act in a comedy club for the most part, whereas. Uh, you know, in some of the chains or some of the other rooms, maybe people don't know. It's like, oh, let's just go see a comedian. And oddly, right. uh, Emo Phillips, the only person I ever heard of having trouble at Bananas, uh, he was got a room full of hillbillies and it didn't have a good experience. He said he'd never come back, which is just weird because that's uh, atypical well, of that room. Of Bananas? Yeah. The weird thing is is that, um, or one of the bonuses of, of running a comedy club, in my opinion, is that you? It's such a um, an adult sport kind of thing that you're going to see. Yeah. That even the people who work at the club, they can cuss you out. I mean, it's the only job where you're like, "Hey, you're at a comedy club. I'm going to tell you to, you know, to piss off and to shut." <laughs> and you can swear at the yeah. at the audience, and you can swear at your clientele, and um, and you can say. You don't have to, of course, obviously. But you you can be what would be considered rude at a Starbucks. Like if you own a coffee shop. Oh, yeah. And people are doing something terrible and you have to kick them out. You usually do it still politely. But in a comedy club, you don't have to do it politely because it's a comedy. I mean, it's the only job I've ever, the only kind of industry where you can just go, hey, banana head, get, get out. Yeah. Stop being a jerk and take it on the arches, and uh, and you can talk old timey like I do, you do. <laughs> or <laughs> you can talk. <laughs> you can use all your words. Like I, I was um, in the green room of a club, and the club owner was talking on the phone. Was he just answered the phone, right? And the and the person was saying, "Well, who's at the club tonight?" And he said, "It's Jackie Cation," and. Um, and then there was a pause, and he goes, "Did you just ask me if she was funny? Why would I book her if she wasn't funny? You got to go on YouTube." And then there was a pause, and he goes, "You know what, man? Don't come. Don't come. <laughs> You're not gonna like it because right. I don't think I don't think you get what stand-up comedy is. So don't bother. No, I'm not gonna. No, there's no reservation." Yeah, that's and, the, then, and then after a year of that, you're either going to get people who know how to behave in public, or you're going to get uh, you're going to have those people never come back. Yeah, and well, and, hopefully the latter. Okay yeah, exactly. So, um, <laughs> yeah. now you host. Speaking of comedy and things like that, you host another 
uh, podcast with a fellow comic, and it's it's Lori, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, that one's that was a trip. Yeah, and and uh, so and uh, we kind of had this. Well, I, the Kathleen Madigan episode hasn't uh, aired yet, but it'll probably air ahead of yours, so this will make sense actually. But we kind of had this discussion too. Uh, are guys finally starting to get it? Do you think, or is it just it's just we're still pigs, and it's you know more obvious because <laughs> because it's Wait, rough. It's rough being a comedian because you've said before, regardless of your male or female, you're staying in crappy condos and people don't pay you. And, and but then there's that extra layer on top of it that you know, that women have to deal with, I think, and have had to over the years. And has it if, has it gotten any better at all for either just comics in general um, or for women? Or well, I would say society has gotten slightly better. Okay. I would say, and remember that four years ago, maybe it was uh, Chris Rock used to do this bit, probably still does. Uh, about how um, it was so, I, I'm going to massacre it, of course, but it's, because you can't tell other people's jokes, but the premise was, is that people are like, um, black people are getting more respect or something like that. He said, what's actually happening is white people are becoming better people. Uh, yeah, there you go. And that, and that was the premise, was that it was that, uh, white people were becoming because everybody lives in their own fishbowl, to use that analogy, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Like, and if you are a straight white guy, your fishbowl has a castle and some rocks and uh, it's a seaweed, and it's all working out. And if you are um, not a white guy, <laughs> your fishbowl looks slightly different, and you you don't know any better. And he doesn't know any better. And to, and to look into somebody else's fishbowl and to actually get some empathy and actually see that is is a learned skill. So I think there's in, with with women in comedy with with any of it. I just did David Feldman's podcast, and he was he was talking about how I love David Feldman. Never, yeah, you got love David Feldman. Oh yeah. So in the in and but you can also be exasperated by David Feldman because he's like you know I never. You know, comedy is so hard that it never occurred to me that it was harder for women. Yeah. Or that, and and the thing is, is you're always you're consistently getting paid less. Like I'm, I myself am headlining uh, a club in a couple of months, and the guy emailed me and asked me to headline the club, and it's just I think a Friday Saturday, so it's four shows, and he didn't mention money, so uh, it's a brand new club. I looked up the website, and I saw the other comics that were on the list, all men, uh, but guys that I know, so I called all of them and asked them what they made. And the thing with stand-up is that there's no union, so yeah. there's no standardized pay. And so I, uh, and, and, the, and, the, and the way that goes is you ask, you ask everybody how much they make. Some people won't tell you, because they're afraid to. Yeah. So, and um, so the and the and the thing is, is when you do ask somebody, you always say, or I always say, obviously I will not tell anyone that you told me how much you make, right? Right. Uh, I'm just looking for ballpark. Like, what is he? What is this guy paying comics? And so, um, four of the six comics told me what they made, and two of them were like, "Hey, he tries to get you for twelve hundred for the weekend," which is a basic sort of weekend pay for four or five shows. Yeah. $1,200 uh, plus hotel. Uh, um, 
no travel. Um, just flat. And but the twelve hundred dollars plus hotel for the, the two nights. And he uh but one guy said, I'm getting sixteen, one guy said eighteen, and the other one said uh thirteen. And so I sent the guy back and I said I would like twenty two hundred dollars. Huh. And because that was what that's what I'm making for other gigs. Yeah. And I was like, might as well try, right? Yeah. And so he emailed me back. Well, he was very silent for months. And then, and then he huh. emailed me back, and he offered me 1500 flat. Yeah. And so some people were getting 18 some people were getting 12 And I thought, well, this is not the hill I'm going to die on. I don't care. <laughs> I'll take the 1500 And uh, so I said, sure. So it's 1500 plus hotel. And no, no travel. And so it's, it's, and that's an example of how, how much it can fluctuate. And, and if you don't negotiate well or if you are scared to ask, which is what negotiating well, I think, is. Yeah. You're just, it's just, it's confrontation. Nobody wants to have it. And you think you're going to get in trouble in your head. And you have to be willing to walk away if, if he's gonna, like if he offers me, there was a club in Wisconsin, I think it just closed, but it would constantly offer me $600, no travel, to go to Appleton, Wisconsin. Oh. <laughs> and I, I was like, there's nothing in Appleton I want to see. I've been to the Houdini Museum, I'm good. Uh, so, um, and, and I think I worked for, 900 one weekend and then he said if you're willing to do it for, this is a classic too if you're willing to do it this time next time I'll pay you fair and even he knew it wasn't fair because he said the words I'll pay you fair so <laughs> it's completely insane right there red flag anyway yeah so anyway so that's that's an example of sort of a, the, the situation right yeah the good news is in stand up is that there's more women doing stand up than ever Right, and for the longest time, and people have just made enough fun of it now that they're not doing it as much, though they still do it a lot. Is they would only book one woman per show. They didn't have a problem booking three straight white guys per show, but for some reason, more than one woman, then the show had to be a theme. There had to be there was they're like, oh, it's a women's show, or or oh, it's a freak show of some sort because there's two women. And or there's more than one black person or whatever, right? Whatever it is. Yeah. It's a gay show. And that has been mocked so much that people that club owners are just like every comic is so different and or and should be, right? Mm -hmm. uh, whether they're all white guys or all women or all whatever, right? Even if they're the same kind of demographic, they should be doing enough different material that it breaks it up. Um but for decades, they would only book one woman, and they would only book her as either an MC or a feature. And rarely would you get booked as a headliner. It was easier to get work as an MC and a feature because the club owners were like, no, I book women. Every show has a woman on it. Well, every show has an MC, yeah. or, or, and it was one woman, and it was usually maybe, you know, whatever. It was just bad. And now there's more women in the room. So... Here's the thing. The sex, I'm just going to lecture, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the, um, 
the 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 women they have each other now. Like I was I was usually in a room alone with a bunch of dudes. And the and the dudes would say and there would be you know, usually most of the guys were fine and then there'd be one gross dude. Almost every week. There's just one gross dude, whether it's the bartender, the club owner, one of the other comics. Just some gross dude who would say something like something foul. Just like, Well, did you want to get fingered tonight? And you're like, Jesus Christ, I'm over here trying to eat a BLT. And, uh, or whatever. And no one would ever say anything. Everyone would laugh a little nervously. Or, yeah. And then I would have to address it and say, you're fucking hilarious. Can we get back to doing whatever we're doing? And now there's more than one woman in the green room. And when a gross guy says something, they can look at each other and go, what's with this piece of shit? And then the dudes in the room can also, who never stood up for the women before, partially because it's like a code of stand-up comedy where you got to fight your own battles, but partially because it's, you know, if it's a club owner, no one wants to say anything. But if there's more than one woman in the room, they can look at each other and go, ah, listen to the asshole. And, and, they, and they can make eye contact and they can be, you know, they can, it can be good. So it's better, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Does that help? Does that it, help? It does. It, it, <laughs> the it short does. answer is yes, it's it, better. It, it, does, it does seem to be, yeah. And it's even, you know, even when you're a guy, you think you're fighting the good fight, it's kind of always a surprise to find out, oh, yeah, because my, my daughters will always point out to me, they'll be like, that, no. That's not, so. <laughs> right, right, because right, you know that you're not a creep. Right. But you're like, I, and yet, I didn't know I was supposed to actively. Exactly. Do more than yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Well, and so. Uh, yeah. Well, always great talking to you, ma'am. Like I said, I'll, I'll, I'll put the bug in the banana's ear, and uh, we'll try to get you here. And um, uh, and you can play a proper room here in town. and uh, Or maybe you can come out for a brouhaha in the fall, if um, if they're putting that together this year. It's a big comedy festival we have here on the river. Uh, oh, that'll be nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Super, so, super fun. Awesome. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to doing Acme uh, in a couple weeks, too. Sure. And um, hopefully I will get to see uh, you... Yes, and uh, so Dork Forest podcast, and what's the name of the one you do with Lori, isn't it? Um, a Jackie and Lori show. Jackie and Lori show, that's right. There it is, easy to remember. Yeah. All right, found wherever you yeah. get all of your podcasts, uh, so go and, and <laughs> listen. And uh, great, well, thanks for taking the time, Jackie, appreciate it. You're welcome. All right, bye-bye. Bye. Thanks again to Jackie Cajun for being on the show. You can catch Jackie. Let me see. You have time to catch her in February here. She just finished a run at the Acme as this episode drops. She'll be at Cobbs in San Francisco on Valentine's Day. Super in San Francisco. Check her out. Then she's doing a cruise the 18th through the 25th of February. It's called the JoJo Cruise to Mexico with board games. I don't know what that is. Google that. Find out what that's all about. And then let me see, she's in March, she is, uh, she's opening for Maria Bamford in Vancouver on March 3rd. She is opening for Maria in Grand Rapids on the 10th. Oh, maybe we'll get her here in Cincinnati uh, in April. Wow, that'd be exciting. Uh, then uh, Stir Crazy in Glendale, the 15th through the 17th. Uh, and then the Vermont Comedy Club, 22 through 24th of March. And 29th and 30th of March at Bird City Comedy Fest in Phoenix, Arizona. All right, there you go. So that takes us to our song of the week. Oh, speaking of Phoenix and other cities like that, again, uh, go to Old School shirts.com. It's all one word, no dashes. You get you put dashes in there, you get another site that's, well, not quite as good as ours, quite frankly. And uh, yeah, go to oldschoolshirts.com. Get yourself a vintage t-shirt from one of America's great cities. Or go to Cincy Shirts. If you know somebody from 
Southwest Ohio. Want to pick up a gift? We have the Fiona merchandise, Fiona, our world-famous hippo, as well as uh, merch from our soccer team here in Cincinnati, FC Cincinnati. Anyway, I digress. We are at the Song of the Week. Song of the Week is from a group called Swimming Girls. Now, this song came out back in uh, spring of 2017, but it just started getting some heat over in Britain because Radio 1 picked up on it. Uh, Hugh Stevens, of course, the guy who uh, on Radio 1 who's noted for finding all the new bands and things like that, he started playing this, and all the other DJs picked up on it and got into the rotation, and it's uh, their single, Taste Like Money, and when Scott Mills played it on his show, uh, I was taking Fangirl back to school, and he said it sounded like the 1975 and someone else, and I can't remember who it was, but it was another band that I like and uh, Fangirl liked, so uh, we were very excited about that. We caught the second half of the song, but anyway, they are from Bath. And that's where Tears for Fears are off of, as well as Peter Gabriel. That's in the western part of England. And uh, I think you're really going to dig this. It tastes like money. It is our song of the week on PF State Recorder. So long, and thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.